Chuko, I thought that you had been writing for a little bit, but you described yourself as new. Uh, how long have you been writing? I'm semi-new, I would say. So I've been writing for two years now. Well, that's not even rookie year anymore. It's definitely not a rookie year anymore, but um, okay. I'm still a baby in the field. Well, I don't know how to ride a motorcycle. I have to say I appreciate the comfort and safety that comes with a roll cage. Well, but, you know, motorbikes do involve a higher risk, and with that risk comes a lot more fun as well. Yeah, okay, if you say so. <laughs> Welcome to From Know How to Wow. Today, I'm on a little field trip. I'm at Bosch Abstadt in Baden-Württemberg to test a motorcycle that has some special features. Driver's assistance systems like we know them from cars. I want to know what it feels like on a motorcycle, so let's find out. From Know How to Wow, the Bosch Global Podcast. So as I was saying, I was a guest at Bosch in Abstadt. And uh, you have to kind of imagine this place is a candy store for anybody who is a huge fan of even cars because they have yeah. the best testing uh, vehicles and equipment and everything. So Daniel picked me up with a motorbike. Daniel Vetter, responsible for ARAS being uh, the Bosch Advanced Rider Assistance Systems. So I got on the back um, and we were driving past all of these really nice cars. <laughs> And uh, and then we get to the garage and, you know, he opens the garage door and boom, garage of my dreams, 10 different motorcycles oh, parked wow. there. It was cool. absolutely beautiful to watch. I'm sure. Um, and he really explained to me how the feature works in a more technical perspective and then said, you know what, let's go do what you actually came here to do. Let's go test the features out. That sounds more your speed. So now we're driving a little bit other routes, um, country roads, I would call them, um, where we're allowed to drive a little bit fast, so around 70 to 80 kilometers an hour, sometimes also 100. Um, and what I find really impressive is that this feature, even through curves, um, even at higher speeds, um, still functions. So every time we've got the, uh, the ACC um, set for 100, um, but obviously there are cars driving in front of us, um, and again, in curves um, and the feature still recognizes the object, the moving object that's in front of us um, and is making us drive then uh, 68 kilometers an hour, for example. Um, it's, it's, it's really, it's, it's actually quite impressive having never driven with it, um, obviously with a car, yes, but to see that it works so well on a motorcycle as well is just really amazing. You have uh, some specific scenarios mm -hmm. which you can test. The approach behavior, uh, which should be like, uh, it should be possible to detect the target as soon as possible mm -hmm. and then smoothen the approach situation in a, in a comfortable way. Then, of course, but also it has to be also kind of dynamic. Mm -hmm. So if you do, for example, lane change, also losing the target was, was a very big problem for the, for the beginning. Mm -hmm. so we worked also a lot on, on that specific scenario. Did you fall into any scenarios that you didn't necessarily want to test but were obliged to test because of, I don't know, weather condition? I mean, we all, <laughs> as riders, we always think, yeah, it's nice when we have a nice, not too warm, quite sunny day. <laughs> yeah, unfortunately, that happened. Um, <laughs> 
it happened to me once that I was just going for a test ride. And of, uh, of course, we have to test quite uh, on long journeys. Also, mm -hmm. the, it's mandatory also to test in rainy conditions. Mm -hmm. But for example, it's not mandatory to test it in icy conditions no. because it's still a motorcycle. <laughs> Nobody would use it if there is snow, if ice, or at least that's not our target mm -hmm. or focus. Yeah. Um, but also that happened. Uh, I really came into like a thunderstorm. Oh, it just God. started to snow. <laughs> it, temperature dropped to minus five mm -hmm. degrees. It started to snow like crazy. Um, actually, the, there's also functionality which we call blindness from mm -hmm. the radar, which is also the main purpose, I think, for car guys to test it yeah. in icy conditions. I could also test it and it worked perfectly <laughs> fine in the end. I was, I was really impressed about that. So uh, this, by the way, is a wow effect that we're going to put in the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> wow. For you with riding, I know there's, there's definitely some people that do it. Um, you know, there's, there's certainly the sport. There's racing. Mm -hmm. um, there's also uh, the just pleasure side of it, you know, touring. Um, but then, of course, in a lot of parts of the world, I mean, two-wheelers are just a fact of life for mobility. So mm -hmm. uh, what is it for you? What, what drives you to ride? Well, I have to admit, I tend to try and drive all year round. Oh, wow. Um, okay. So I've already started, yeah, so I've, my, my motorbike is your winter for, tires on it? No, unfortunately, <laughs> we don't have that in the, in the two-wheeler world, <laughs> which is a shame, show? to be honest, because, you know, this is the thing, when you come in new to the thing, um, you kind of ask all of these naive things, um, yeah, winter tires for motorbikes, um, you assume that everything that we have on a passenger car kind of also fits to motorbike, um, but then you learn the hard truth. Except for the roll cage. <laughs> but, um, so for me, it's like, I think I just love being on the motorbike, the feeling of it. And it's at the moment, the only thing that can really make me disconnect from everything else. So, you know, uh, okay. some people go to do sports. Um, mm -hmm. Some people have, uh, I don't know, other hobbies that can taint their mind of, of work. And for me, it's really the moment I feel at peace, I would say. Shuko, I'm sorry to, to break you off um, talking about <laughs> how much you love the wind in your hair. Uh, but I want to come back to Aras. Yes. A-R-A-S. Uh, can you please remind me what that acronym is again? And can you tell me how they're testing those features there? So RS means Advanced Rider Assistance Systems. Got it. Okay. So I think a lot of people know ADAS or ADAS. I don't know how you pronounce it in the in the English, but that's Advanced Driver's Assistance Systems. And in this case, we just transformed mm -hmm. the D to the R for the rider. And how they tested? Well, they basically tested on the road. They take out the motorbike. Um, and interestingly enough, Danny also talked about this. Um, you know, the thing is that there isn't much space on a motorbike and a motorbike already weighs quite a lot. So they just <laughs> basically put all their test equipment on the bike mm -hmm. and go out and test it. Got it. Cool. Danny and I were on the highway, we went through country roads and we also uh, drove a little bit through the city. And it's interesting how you mentioned, depending on the speed uh, and the situation, the feature works a little bit differently. So um, for me, as a, as a new, I would say, motorbike rider, I naively thought um, that a feature like ACC was a little bit like in a passenger car, um, that we could use it, for example, on e-mobile objects, um, that we could use it as well under 30, 30 kmh. So it was quite interesting for me to actually realize that there was uh, a difference, even though, you know, we're talking about relatively um, similar features. Of course, we work together a lot mm -hmm. with them because base is coming from the passenger mm -hmm. car. But due to the motorcycle specifics, mm -hmm. uh, especially due to lean mm -hmm. angle and um, that also the riding is of course also in kind of mm -hmm. in some situation could be unstable mm -hmm. um, especially of course during cornering 
And due to that, we had to develop quite a lot uh, uh, in that specific direction. Mm -hmm. um, means, of course, we're reducing, for example, the possible acceleration mm -hmm. or deceleration in uh, cornering behaviors. Mm -hmm. Um, but still trying to react as much as possible on the given uh, scenario which, which is happening in front of us. Also, of course, to the rider's wish in mm -hmm. case he would like to reduce the speed. I also talked to Yuki, who is our Bosch colleague who works also on making motorcycles more safe. I'm Yuki Oshida. I'm working in two-wheeler and power sports depth in Japan as an engineer of ARA's function development. And Yuki here is a fellow motorcycle enthusiast as well. Actually, I got more interested in the motorcycle after I started working on the motorcycle system development. So before he started working on these systems, um, he didn't even have a motorcycle license. So he describes himself as a, a rather defensive, let's say, rider, um, at least in regular road traffic. Let's say driving on the public road, I'm quite defensive side, <laughs> but sometimes I go to racetrack for training because we need to be trained to ride the motorcycle in a good way to evaluate our system is good or not for a rider. So as he's talking about this, this system, what is it that Eros actually does? So ARAS has three distinct functionalities. The first one being adaptive cruise control. So that was the one I tested with Danny. Mm -hmm. um, and here you can set the speed and the bike automatically keeps that speed. And I also asked Danny to describe ARAS for us and this is what he told me. So uh, basically on the Multistrada V4S, uh, we had it as a pilot project. Mm -hmm. So it means it was worldwide the first uh, zero production bike with uh, radar mm -hmm. uh, on the front and on the rear. Front, as you already mentioned, mm -hmm. we're using for ACC, means adaptive cruise control. And basically the functionality as it is already known from uh, features from the cars. So we have a speed range from 30 to 160 mm -hmm. kph where it's working. You have several different kind of possibilities uh, to adopt the functionality means, for example, the time gap or uh, in case of other bikes, you have also more dependencies, mm -hmm. means you can have it more dynamic or more comfortable for uh, the rider's wish. Mm -hmm. And if the system find the car in front of you, then it decelerates automatically to keep the comfort distance in between the car in front and your motorcycle. And then if the car in front accelerate again, the system also accelerate to follow the car in front. Okay, so having heard that from Yuki, uh, Shuko, were you able to, to really notice this as you were, you were doing your test rides? Well, unfortunately, I was only able to experience it as a passenger because um, to be able to ride some of these vehicles within Bosch, you have to have specific training. So unfortunately, I was as a passenger. But nonetheless, I mean, it was super impressive. So <laughs> you have to imagine already for, in a car perspective. I mean, you've probably tested the feature yourself in, your, in, in any car. But here I'm in the back and I'm seeing Danny go at 160 kilometers per hour towards a lorry. <laughs> and um, and you don't see him break. You do not see him break. Wow. And you're wondering, okay, when is this going to kick in? And then all of a sudden it does. But because it's so smooth, you don't have this jerky feeling where all of a sudden you're thrown off the bike. It's a very smooth transition. And, you know, not having this metal cage around you, you obviously don't have that level of safety. Mm -hmm. And there, experiencing the first time like that, it was, it, it was mind-blowing. 
And I just want to add to what you can said. So we were lucky enough on the highway to test it with a car, with a lorry and another motorcycle driver. Mm -hmm. And for all three scenarios, it was amazing. This deceleration and acceleration was so well done. Um, And I'm not just talking about this because it is a Bosch feature. But for me, it was just for the first time a really amazing experience to see how flawlessly it was working in all three scenarios. Um, But that's with regards to ACC. So um, going on to function number two, that one is forward collision warning. And this one also looks out for vehicles in front of you, but doesn't slow the bike down on its own. Forward collision warning visually warns the rider, hey, now you need to react something and prompt rider to react to avoid the accident. And I was lucky enough to also be able to test this feature out. Um, And it's also pretty impressive because you have to imagine you kind of have like also a dashboard uh, in front of you with with a screen that tells you all of the things that you need to know for your driving. And the screen basically goes red and says watch out, you're coming quite quickly on and there is a, a risk of a collision in front of you. So what exactly the warning looks like is for the motorcycle manufacturer to decide. It could be, for example, an acoustic warning. Um, but for example, when, when we were doing the test on the highway, the screen that we were looking on where you normally see the fuel gauge and all these things, mm-hmm. it went completely red. And really, so there wasn't just a uh, acoustic warning, but there was a very visual warning as well. It sounds aggressive. But effective. I'm sure. Um, (laughs) So we've mentioned now two of the features. So going on to the last but not least feature, which is the blind spot detection. So blind spot detection tells us now some vehicle is in your blind spot by indicating it on a display or some LEDs on the mirror. So blind spot detection is one of the favorite functionalities for Daniel as an engineer and as Mm. a biker. And I have to admit, I was totally sold on this as well. It happened quite often to me that I was just not aware what's going on on the left side, on the right side, mm-hmm. especially on highways, because there it's quite obvious when you, how often you really miss out that somebody uh, is really next to you in your blind spot. For sure, it... Um, it definitely takes you out of sticky situations. I think so, yeah. <laughs> so, Shuko, that's, that's all great. Don't get me wrong. That's all great. But here's skeptical Jeff. <laughs> Here he is. I heard the excitement in your voice. I know you really enjoyed it. But I'm not wowed. At least I'm not wowed yet. Because to be honest, uh, I mean, driving as a car driver, as a car enthusiast, four wheels, roll cage, seat belts, this is honestly old news. We've had cruise control for decades. Yeah. And by now, blind spot detection is, is pretty standard. I mean, so please educate me. Why, why should I be wowed here? Well, maybe as a reminder, a motorcycle is still not a car. <laughs> So that hasn't changed. Principally, (laughs) Um, come on. And you might think that it sounds, or that it should be simple and relatively straightforward to transfer these systems from cars to motorbikes, but... Yeah, it's just, I mean, it's the same electronics, right? Yeah, fair enough, fair enough. And I think Yuki kind of felt the same when he started this job. Um, So remember at the time he was a car, or I'm putting it in quote, a car person too. Yeah, sure. Um, and you. didn't know how to ride a motorcycle. I felt the same at the beginning, but once I started working on this topic, I noticed that 
It is not that simple. So there is many challenging topics yep. to make good functionality and performance differentiated from passenger car. So one of the major constraints on motorcycles, of course, is space. And another one is weight. Um, so you just can't put a lot of bulky, heavy technology on a two-wheeler. It's what you know I mentioned at the beginning as well, and Danny was mentioning as well. Um, and that's why the very first assistance systems arrived much later on motorcycles than on cars. Um, and I might want to add that a lot of this testing systems was actually made for cars and not for motorbikes. Oh, yeah, that makes sense. Um, maybe important to realize yeah. as well. So um, do you want to guess what system that was? Oh, I'm, I'm definitely going to go with uh, ABS, the anti-lock brake system. Yes. Bing so if we were still playing the bingo like last episode, I would definitely give you a prize. <laughs> oh God, no more bingo, please. <laughs> so you're very correct. Um, Bosch's ABS um, has been built into cars since I would say the 1970s. Um, and skip ahead two decades. Mm -hmm. The first Bosch motorcycle anti-lock braking system was introduced in 1995. And in the beginning, the first motorcycle ABS system was uh, adapted from passenger car. Yeah. And the weight was 4.5 kilogram. So it was a quite big system. But nowadays, the ABS unit is specially designed for motorcycle. And our smallest variant is just 0.45 kilogram now. Oh, mm. wow. Okay, so he said so 4.5 to 0.45. Yeah. <laughs> That's incredible. All right, <laughs> now, now I'm wild. So there we got the wow faster than I thought because you seem more skeptical <laughs> at the beginning. Um, well, I mean, that, that's a... That's enormous. Yeah, it is. That's a ton of weight. It is. And again, bearing in mind, you know, some of the riders are as small as I am. So I'm one meter 59. Um, <laughs> and, you know, some of the weight of these motorcycles, we're talking about 180 kilos dry weight. So this is to say that miniaturization is crucial for adding new systems to motorcycles. And that takes time and effort. But there are other important reasons why it's not as easy as you'd think to adapt passenger car systems for motorcycles. And a lot of it has to do with how the bike moves through curves and around corners. Ah, I see. We're coming back to lean angle again. Exactly. So by leaning the motorcycle, for example, for the radar sensor, the field of view is leaning together with the motorcycle is leaning. So we had to adapt the field of view to fitting that lean angle. So the radar sensor that watches out for the traffic in front of you and in the blind spots have to somehow deal with the fact that the motorcycle is not always upright. Can I interrupt you there? Uh, this is actually a, a great cliffhanger. <laughs> <laughs> if you want to find out how Yuki solved this problem, <laughs> stay with us. So, so do I understand this correctly? You want to talk about something else first? Yeah, come on. I left turn. Come on. You know me. Tangents. It's great okay. stuff okay. Uh, because you talked about <laughs> motorcycles that are not upright. The one thing I do indeed find fascinating about motorcycles is, is really the physics behind how they're working. If you've ever seen a motorcycle race and how the riders are leaning into the curves, you know, mm -hmm. you see them, you see them dragging mm -hmm. their knee literally along the pavement. Yep. Uh, yep. <laughs> I mean, you really gotta, you gotta step back and 
it's it's just incredible. Yeah, and uh, and you know it does take a lot of training, um, and understanding of the machine, and obviously its limits. I actually did some homework on this. It might be just a little bit tricky to explain without a visual aid or a diagram, but anyway, when a motorcycle is driving straight, uh, we basically have two forces acting on it. The first is gravity pulling it downward, of course, uh, and the second is the friction of the tires on the road, which is actually propelling the bike forward. I'm really curious where this is going, but please continue. You can't stop me now. Um, so now <laughs> when, when you're making a turn, mm-hmm. uh, there is, there is uh, the force which is pushing the bike to the center of the circle. That's friction. Yep. And as a counterforce to that, you feel the centrifugal force pushing you outwards, which, you know, the thing is that, that these forces are basically gripping the motorcycle at, at different points. Mm-hmm. The centrifugal force is acting on the center of gravity, while the friction forces act on the point where the wheels are touching the ground. So this creates a torque, which means a force that would make the motorcycle fall over. Mm-hmm. By leaning, you act against that and make the torque forces cancel each other out. Exactly. So in this case, leaning is actually necessary so that the motorcycle doesn't fall over. And isn't that, isn't that kind of wild when you think about it? I mean, really... <laughs> When I was learning how to ride a bike, I was I was falling over even on accident. I was so good at it. Um, but seriously, on the other hand, it makes it more likely to fall as well. Um, and so when you are accelerating or braking too much during cornering, mm-hmm. and this, uh, thank you for, uh, gotta love YouTube for explaining this to me without actually doing the thing. Um, <laughs> so the, the lateral force in a curve and the acceleration or braking both act on the tires. Mm-hmm. So these forces are adding up. And when they become too large, the tire is slipping out and the bike falls. Exactly. and Which is, is something I'm sure you know all about. Well, but this is what I was telling you about with, <laughs> with regards to taking on such corners or curves. You have to think about it properly mm-hmm. to make sure that you don't make these kind of mistakes. Because unfortunately, sure. on two wheels, the consequences can be fatal. Um, but this is something Yuki talked about as well, um, because ARAS can accelerate or brake on its own, and the system needs to be aware of these effects so that it doesn't put too much force on the wheels while cornering. I have seen some motorcycles, though, that seem to defy physics entirely. Uh, what? Oh, I, uh, come on. I sent you the video before. Didn't you do your homework? <laughs> Let me share this video with you real quick. Now... Shuko, can you please, uh, for our listeners, describe what you see? So I see quite a lot of motorcyclists entering this giant metal cage, round cage. It looks like a globe, I would say, uh, or a giant steel bowl. Yes, indeed. It's amazing. Again, dear listeners, it's uh, about six and a half meters in diameter, so about 20, 21 feet. Mm -hmm. And it's called the Globe of Speed. 60 kilometers. So that's 60 kilometers per hour, or 37 miles per hour. That's how fast Victor Manuel Rivera drives inside this globe. You saw the video, Shuko. How does it make you feel? You think you'd be up for trying it? I think I'll stick to uh, the wind in my hair and the beautiful (laughs) sceneries around. Wind in your hair? But aren't you always wearing a helmet? Yeah, but my hair is not necessarily always in my helmet. So when Victor sees this on TV, he wants to try it, which I could not possibly disagree with more. Me neither. Uh, but, <laughs> but anyway, he's always been passionate about motorcycles. Mm-hmm. And he says there are a lot of them on the streets in his town, mm-hmm. which is Manazales in Colombia. And then when a circus comes to town, of course, he joins them. Why not? <laughs> yeah, why not? Let's do it. I just think to myself, has he never, ever been scared? 
Well, first of all, the man is a professional. And second of all, clearly he is the kind of individual that knows no fear. When he started, they had eight bikes at the same time. <laughs> okay, nine. Now, okay, ten. Okay, ten. It almost sounds like an auction. <laughs> and ten worked. Ten riders in that in that gigantic oh steel contraption. And then and then on December first, two thousand sixteen, they tried it with eleven. Honey. Obviously, <laughs> you guessed it. Eleven. We took it to eleven. Uh, and and this was uh, at a circus in Berlin, actually, who kindly provided us with this video. It looks like seven motorbikes are already circling inside the globe, and they're making their rounds next to, I would call it the equator of, of the globe, if you will. And what I find astounding is you have four more motorcyclists waiting at the bottom already inside the globe. Yeah. So they're not even waiting outside of it. They're waiting inside. And, and now they're starting to, going up, circling underneath the others. And, mm -hmm. oh, wow, one of them is going vertically, so circling from top to bottom, mm -hmm. crossing the others, whoa, within what looks like a few centimeters. It's pretty wild, isn't it? Yeah. I mean, the timing is, is just unbelievable. Unbelievable. But... But, of course, Victor is still wanting more. I want to stay in 12 for, my, for myself, on my record. Uh, unfortunately for, for Victor, that's, that's not happening soon. Um, the German circus in Berlin, where, where he had his gig, uh, is still on the COVID hiatus. But hopefully we'll be back soon. Well, that was quite a ride, literally. And yeah. I get that the thrill and the audience support can get addictive. For sure. So yes, but, you know, like, what does it mean for Aris, the motorcycle assistance system? If you'd equipped Victor's motorbike with it, I guess the system would go absolutely bonkers. Um, but I went and tried it under much more normal conditions, and it reduces definitely some of the risks of motorcycle riding. But you know, one of the questions that a lot of riders ask is, would it also reduce the fun? And after the test ride with Daniel, I can definitely tell you that it doesn't. Um, because Daniel had already mentioned it in his interview or whilst we were speaking uh, before the test ride. You know, you're not using these RS functions on a normal ride out, I would say. Um, you're more using it when you're coming home, for example, or you've been driving. You know, I drove to Abstadt, for example, with my own motorcycle. Um, and you're constantly having to keep your uh, wrist, I would say, engaged for the acceleration. Mm -hmm. And knowing yeah. that if you use a feature like ACC, you could kind of rest out a little bit and not have that constant constraint on your body and on your hands and wrists. So in that sense, I think it doesn't change anything from the way that I ride a motorcycle. It would just add a level of comfort when I'm potentially after a long day of work or after a long day of riding, just driving home, take away a little bit of that, um, of that insecurity being tired, so to say. So I think it's safe to say that you're, uh, you're kind of a fan, huh? I think that's an understatement at this point. <laughs> I usually do understand um, because it, yeah, it's um, but it definitely adds some comfort, and you know, I did have to try it to believe it. Um, because as said, I don't use it, so I don't know what I'm missing out on. Yeah, I can um, And having used it now, I want it. <laughs> Initially, after we started Aras function development internally, we went to the customer and make a presentation, and yeah, of course. There is some positive opinions from customer, but also some negative opinion that 
this can spoil the fun of writing.、Mm. Yeah, I believe that. Even from the Bosch internally, such comment we get sometimes. But we believe that the RS function is not something to spoil the fun of writing. So, this is an additional feature to improve the comfortableness or safety、exactly. on the motorcycle, but not something to spoil the fun. So, adding to what Yuki said and Daniel as well,、um, all of this, I mean, it's, it's an added feature, which means that you can also switch it off. You don't have to have it on. Oh, wait. <laughs> come on. Seriously. What's the. All right. You, sh- yeah. you know what? Jeff,、cool. you sh- why don't you come on a ride with me? Now? Yeah, sure. Why not? All right, let's roll. We talked so much about cornering and curves that. You know, that's what makes motorcycle riding fun. So here we are on a curvy mountain road. What do you think?、Uh, I think that's probably going to take some getting used to. Whoa. <laughs> Not wow. Whoa. <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> But then after a long weekend ride on curvy mountain roads, all we want is to get home quickly and I would say safely.、Um, yes. So we hit the highway. Actually, a big part of what Yuki's team does is figure out the right parameters for such a system. So, this is something that we cannot find out from a simulation, but we still need to rely on sense of the riders. Yeah, and, and I guess when you're trying to balance, find that balance between safety and fun, that, that fails in computer simulations because how could they possibly know?、Uh, because.、Mm-hmm. I, I don't know how you'd tell a computer what fun is. <laughs> That's actually a really good point.、Um, so, you can as co. Well, I mean, how do you get that ground truth? That's what no, they need, right? You're, absol- you're absolutely right. You're absolutely right. So, so you can as co workers do a lot of test rides to get it right, which for me sounds like the dream job. <laughs> um,、yeah. And they did get a lot of things right. So, Yuki described the initial skepticism、um, at the beginning of the development.、Um, but once they got RS ready for market, Manufacturers were surprisingly quickly adopting it. I'm sure. And it got such good press as well. So,、um, you know, that, that kind of helped with the acceptance. And there are a few settings that users can also, you know, still define.、Um, for example, how early or late the forward collision warning system should display an alert, for example. Yeah, that, that makes sense. And we have those、uh, again, sorry, but we do have that available in, in the four wheelers as well.、Mm-hmm. Um, So, but that's interesting for, for motorcycle enthusiasts.、Uh, but for me, from the, the technical side,、um, hit me up. What are some of the components that are coming into the Eros system? So, we already mentioned the radar sensors quite a bit in the session、um, one in the front, and there's also one in the back of the motorcycle.、Mm-hmm. Then there's the inertia measurement unit,、um, which is a sensor、okay. that measures movement of the bike in six different dimensions. This, for instance, helps to determine the lean angle,、uh, which we talked about quite a lot.、Um, the inertia measurement unit also delivers important data、uh, for、mm-hmm. the next component. The MSC, which is another component you're going to say is in the vehicle. So, in this case, we call it the motorcycle stability control.、Mm-hmm. And then you have the engine control unit that obviously can make the bike go faster or slower. And at the heart of the system, however, is、uh, still our good old ABS unit. The information comes from all other sensors are centralized into ABS unit. 
and uh, it sent command to the other components to control the vehicle. Okay, so then if I'm understanding that right, the the ABS system it's actually doing a lot more than just making sure the wheels aren't locking up. Nowadays, the ABS is one of a mandatory device right. which we have to mount on the vehicle. So mm-hmm. that makes sense to have such main controller in ABS unit. Which is, by the way, something I absolutely love. Um, however, at my driving school, for example, when I did my license, they also teach you how to do an emergency braking with a motorcycle that doesn't have ABS. So that's because that's also, it kind of changes the, the way that you have to feel. It's actually really scary sometimes how terrifying. different. It is, it is, it is, to be honest. Um, but going back to the, to the ABS unit, um, it's not like the ABS unit does work uh, all the work. Um, so for instance, a lot of processing also happens on the radar sensors, uh, for example. Yeah. Um, they send out millimeter waves and then have to make sense of the reflections they receive. So first the radar sensor detect the object as just a point, so reflection point. And then summarizing several reflection point and it is calculated that there is one object existing. So the points are integrated in one object. And once the sensor detected object in that way, then later sensor try to keep that object and follow that. So that's great, but as we said earlier, it gets tricky when the motorcycle is leaning because then the object can move out of the field of view. One important thing there is the trajectory of the motorcycle. So the radar sensor is not just detecting the object information, but also estimating the trajectory of the motorcycle in the future. The positions of the surrounding vehicles are calculated about 10 times per second. 10 times per second. And into that calculation goes data from another component of the system, the inertia measurement unit, IMU, which we mentioned as well. This information is calculated from the information which receives from IMU, so attitude information of the motorcycle. So radar sensor receives that information and estimate where would the motorcycle will be in one second or something like that. And then if the object in front is existing on the estimated trajectory, the radar sensor says that is a target object. So I'm going to oversimplify this a little bit. Um, Please do. The radar sensor <laughs> knows the speed and the trajectory of both the motorcycle and the other vehicles. And with that, it can't be surprised with what happens during cornering, for example, when the motorcycle is leaning. Okay, that that, that is starting to make sense. Thank you for your oversimplification. <laughs> and this is just one example of how motorcycles behave differently than cars and why Yuki needs to put a lot of work into making safety and comfort features available on motorbikes. And here's another example that's not related to cornering, but simply braking or accelerating. Also, the pitch movement is much bigger on motorcycle than passenger car. So pitch means the front nose is diving into ground or coming up. Here, the radar sensor also affected because possibly in that moment, radar can lose the object. Okay, so now, now I'm seeing. So braking moves the nose down and accelerating is lifting it up. That makes sense. Overall, the motorcycle is a much more dynamic system than a car. Yeah, I see that. Also because as a rider, I use my body changing the center of mass of the system, etc. There's a lot more movement in the system. 
Yeah. Yeah. The more I think about it, the more impressive all this is, is becoming. Not that I should be shocked by that itself. Um, <laughs> but it becomes that these sensors are, are working so well on the motorcycle because of that dynamic situation, mm-hmm. which, they, which they need to operate with. Um, but I mean, Chuko, I mean, at the end of the day, it's what the real question is, is the rider satisfied with it? <laughs> so I can only speak for myself, obviously, but um, after my visit at the testing or at my visit to, to Abstadt and talking to Daniel again, I'm absolutely sold. And this was one of the things that I said to all of the colleagues with whom we worked with for this episode. So, you know, shout out to Anne-Sophie, Jan, Mathieu, Daniel, Yuki. Um, I immediately texted them afterwards and I'm like, when is it coming onto the smaller motorcycles? When can I get it also as a feature? Um, and, you know, I was completely sold. <laughs> So one last question, Shuko, since clearly you're absolutely sold. Did you ask Daniel himself uh, how he was testing RS on a, on a bike? I mean, it's got to be really exciting. Oh, yes. And I asked Daniel what makes him proud about his work with RS. What was your wow moment? Uh, overall, just uh, experience for the very first time on, on public road and see where the benefits are mm-hmm. was really like push for my motivation to really work harder on Mm -hmm. that topic and also spend like hours days um also riding during horrible weather conditions (laughs) it was still worth it to Mm -hmm. give it a try and also be uh, it's still quite impressive what Mm -hmm. the radar can really see and Mm -hmm. and what uh how it's react but jeff i'm still really really wanting to convince you to try as well (laughs) the motorcycle riding and potentially also trying also the safety features maybe that will eventually convince you to come on a ride with me maybe maybe eventually i I don't want to say that's already better than a no (laughs) well uh, how could i say no to you well i think you made it pretty clear uh, how much you appreciate safety just like me which is why I prefer my car. But just watch out for us motorcyclists, okay? Um, Absolutely. I mean, Aras helps <laughs> avoid accidents. Um, our Bosch research suggests that one in seven motorcycle accidents can be avoided by Aras. Wow. But there's still a lot of accidents left. Mm-hmm. Um, so again, I think this goes to everybody. Please continue to drive safely, um, especially around two-wheelers, please, please, please. <laughs> Definitely will do. Jeff, as sad as it makes me, I think this wraps up one of my highlights, <laughs> highlight episode of From Know How to Well. I see that it's one of your highlights. You can hear it in your voice. Good Lord. But as always, I'll talk to you next month. And then we get to cover something even more exciting than motorcycles. What could that possibly be? Robots. <laughs> okay, well, bye. From Know How to Wow. The Bosch Global Podcast.